0: Welcome to the Money Advantage Podcast, empowering business owners with the permission to think differently about money so that you can consciously choose to live a meaningful and fulfilled life now. Our passion is making money simple, fun, and doable, helping you feel great about your money and getting your money working for you so you can thrive.
1: All right. So have you ever wondered how to use short-term rentals to create cash flow right now? Well, welcome back to the Money Advantage Podcast. If you are saying yes to that question, you're absolutely in the right place. I'm Rachel Marshall, along with my co-host, Bruce Weiner, and we have a special guest with us, Jay Massey. So good morning, Jay, and welcome to the show today.
2: Thank you for having me. Glad to be here.
1: Very awesome. And Bruce, welcome to the show as well. We're spanning the whole U.S. at this time from East Coast (laughs) to West Coast to the Midwest. Good morning, Bruce.
0: Good morning, Rachel. Once again, and, um, I wanted to um, compliment you on uh, obtaining uh, one of the uh, really good experts on uh, these type of uh, topics and uh, bringing great uh, value to our listeners. And I'm looking forward to listening, Jay. And actually, I have... Couple questions as a short. I actually do some short term rentals, so I'm curious of his uh, opinion. So this is great.
2: <laughs> awesome. I, I do not guarantee that you'll like my
0: answers, but I will definitely give them.
1: Oh, so Jay, a, I love that. That's okay. You
0: may not, you, you may not like my uh, questions, Jay. So yeah, bring <laughs> it.
2: Yes. Even better. Even better. That's exactly what I'm hoping for. Let's do this.
1: That's awesome. Well, a couple things. If you are new to the Money Advantage podcast or you don't happen to know who Jay Massey is, I just need to give you a little bit of background. And I want to let you know that today we're talking with the CEO and founder of Cashflow Diary. Now, we have found Cashflow Diary Podcast. My husband and I have been long-term listeners. I think you have somewhere in the ballpark of 500 episodes or so, and we've listened to many, many of them. So, Jay, I feel like I know you personally probably a little more than you would hope. So, So, I need to ask you a question as we're coming into the show, and certainly we could talk about all of the things that you've done, but I really want you to be able to share the most. I know that you've been mentored by Robert Kiyosaki. You've taught the cash flow game. You've been in real estate for a really long time and you're really focused on short-term rentals right now, specifically with a 34 unit and counting, which is actually 46 bedrooms in your wheelhouse of short-term rentals. And you not only are doing this personally, but you are teaching other people to build wealth this way as well. And so I just, I love being able to have you on the show for actually a second time, not just the first time. So Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. You're welcome. So I know if you're a listener of The Money Advantage, you probably don't know that Jay starts his podcast by asking people about their superhero that they were (laughs) before they went into being an entrepreneur. And I just have to ask you, because you're wearing this amazing shirt, if you could please explain your Iron Man shirt and how that relates to you in business.
2: Well, that's that's pretty funny. So the... I didn't, growing up in Germany, I didn't really have exposure to the same comic books uh, that most uh, Americans did and do. And my wife actually is responsible for my now, I'll call it, infatuation with Marvel and all of the characters that exist there. And there are two Marvel characters of the ones that I have seen and been exposed to that I tend to feel like I relate to the most is uh, one is obviously, you know, uh, Tony Stark and Iron Man, his alternate personality. And then, uh, then there's Doctor Strange, Doctor Stephen Strange. Uh, those two uh, resonate with me on the highest level. But what it, when it comes down to it, Tony is um, he's willing to change his mind. He'll use his resources for good when he can. And he ultimately cares about people. Although, if you are just having a casual conversation with them, you may walk away with the impression that he doesn't.
1: Hmm. Well, we'll just leave that right there because I'm wondering how much of that is going to come out in the episode today. And I love that you don't always know how much somebody cares by their interaction, but knowing that they do is so powerful. And I know that you do. So if today, if somebody is listening, I just want to let them know that we're going to talk today about short-term rentals in terms of why they're a perfect fit in today's economic landscape, and find out how short-term rentals might work for you if you're in any different um, demographic or location, and then also really how you can get started with short-term rentals and how this can be a part of your cash flow journey and building financial freedom. So Jay, why don't you just share with us a little bit about how you came into the short-term rental space?
2: Got it. So having the privilege of instructing and teaching individuals, as you mentioned, what happened is one of the individuals I was instructing specifically on how to raise capital came to us and said, well, we know what you told us to do with the money, but we didn't do that. This is what we did instead. And I'm like, okay, now you got to understand normally, if you can imagine someone that you've been helping coming to you, you, you've given them advice, you know, the advice you give works. And then they say, well, that's not what I did. Um so I'm a little nervous at this moment and <laughs> ultimately though it always comes down to show me the numbers you know and if I look at the math the math will tell me what to do and that's exactly what I was able to see in this particular situation they had mentioned a, a site called Airbnb and they're like this is what I was doing and and I'm like okay this can make sense and ultimately you know at the time they weren't 100% sure if they should continue down that path or keep doing what uh, is a very profitable niche of, um, or at least it was, <laughs> of doing student housing inside of real estate. And I told them very clearly in no uncertain terms, not only should you keep doing this you know, short-term rentals, I'm going to do it too. And at that time in my career, you, you must imagine having Had the privilege of speaking on many types of stages all across the globe, cruise ships, etc. I get offered a lot of opportunities. This is one of the few, if not only, times I've said I'm going to do it too because the numbers made sense, and that's really what it came down to. That was my initial attraction: was these numbers make sense? It's going to achieve a number of objectives in terms of providing jobs, allowing me to involve my smaller children inside of the business, and helping me to do so in a local way, because uh, prior to that point, we had provided jobs, but they were always out of state. They were always somewhere else. They were never in our own local community. And being able to do so with the people that I would see at church or just anytime made a difference for me. And that's what I was getting excited about. And then we just continued to discover that it's, it's now what I call the gateway drug to all other forms of real estate and it's the best way to start.
1: That's fascinating and I love that you were willing to change your mind on that as you had brought up earlier. So how is short-term rentals, how can they be and how are they the gateway drug to real estate investing?
2: Well, when typically when we get someone started in real estate or someone in general, if you just think about historically the accepted practice is you start with you know 20% down or 30% down, whatever your down payment is, and an agreement with a financial institution known as a mortgage that typically lasts 15, 20, 25, or 30 years, depending on the type of loan that you are getting. Now, just very plainly, very clearly, when we think about that, when we're first doing anything, I mean, you tell me, the first time you did anything, were you really good at it?
1: No. No, <laughs> absolutely not. not. <laughs> at
2: all. It doesn't matter what it was. Yeah. But yet, the first time, just imagine it's the first time, the first time you're a pilot. Are you ready to have you know, 500 people as a passenger? Mm-hmm. No. But your first time as a real estate investor, you're making a 30 year agreement with a financial institution to take care of an asset that you have never taken care of before you have no idea how your people who are going to stay there tenants going to use it you don't know how to respond to emergency situations said another way you have the least amount of experience but you're taking a great risk
1: mm.
2: as you begin to practice short term rentals you learn all of the skills you need to own real estate long term in a lower risk environment lower risk financially lower risk emotionally lower risk all around right and as you go you actually have more predictable cash flow. Whereas when you are owning the property, it is the unpredictable expenses, it is the deferred maintenance. These are the things that wreak havoc on your cash flow that makes it very, very tough for you to actually feel like you're making progress until that house or, or apartment building or whatever you're using actually has the debt service retired. Once you mm-hmm. get to that point, then it's something different. But getting to that point, that's the magical trick. Many things uh, are great about real estate, but what, many, what very few people would tell you is that it's a great way to build wealth, horrible way to build income.
1: Interesting. Okay. Well, you've just opened a can of worms there because you are essentially the real estate guy. I mean, you're all about um, <laughs> investing know. in real estate. And now you just said real estate is a great way to build wealth, mm-hmm. horrible way to build income. Correct. So, and, and I'm hearing that you're saying it is great after you've retired the debt service. So after you're basically saying after you've paid off the mortgage, Mm -hmm. the, the real estate is good for income for you. But until that point, you're saying it's not really an ideal income booster. So, so it's not that cash flow stream of income that we all want and desire. So talk about why is it not a good way to build income? And also, if you still need to buy the property, isn't it the same barrier to entry? So I'm I'm leading up to how how can you have a lower cost to entry in short-term rentals?
2: Got it, totally okay. understood. So uh, it's a barrier to income because there are unpredictable, uh, there are many unpredictable uh, expenses, and there are extra expenses related to ownership that just again wreak havoc on cash flow. But and and but here's the really, here's the big problem. The big problem is you end up with an underutilization of available capital or assets, and we call it equity. And equity feels great, but I promise you, you can go to the grocery store and they will not accept your equity. They just don't right. do that. And if they did, then maybe it'd be a different story. But oftentimes, in order to get access to your equity, you need someone else's permission which mm-hmm. from time to time, they stop giving that permission out. And this could be a challenge when you need their permission at a time when they're not giving it. That could be a challenge in and of itself. So my, my point is, uh, being in a cash position can make more sense. And most importantly, managing what is known as your return on equity is paramount in, in this particular case. So if you have a free and clear house, and, and I'm, again, I'm just going to keep the numbers really simple. Free and clear house, rents for $1,000. For the sake of this conversation, let's just pretend, okay, let's just pretend that it's, um, it costs you 250 a month to run. That's your taxes and all this other stuff. No debt service. That means you have $750 uh, left over, okay, every month. And if that continues to happen, that's wonderful. But also understand that's $9,000 a year. Now, if that house is only $100,000 of equity, then that's a 9% return. But if it's a $200,000 house, that's a 4.5% return. If it's a $300,000, think about what I'm saying here. It, there comes the point at which you are not earning, you are not matching inflation, you are not uh, out earning uh, the, the things that matter. And that's like crazy to me. You know, you might as well, if you're going to do things like that, take less risk, put it into a certificate of depression. I mean, Deposit and you know get the same result (laughs) at the end of the day. So it's it's things like that that we don't think about financially. Now, does it feel good to own the property? Absolutely, it does because we've made it that way. That is what we've been sold. That is what we purchase. We go, ooh, I feel good, warm and fuzzy. I'm doing the right thing. But those warm and fuzzies cost you a lot. Very specifically, when you're running a short-term rental business, you don't need equity. You don't need ownership. You need Control. So, because all you need is control, what we tend to do is we start out individuals in what I call phase one. Phase one is just learning how to control a property and turn it into a short term rental. And most of them, most of the time, you're going to use a very simple lease agreement to do so because that's really fundamentally all you need. But financially, the difference is huge because now your cash on cash return is significantly greater. And what that allows you to do is to control more assets in the future. Let me say it this way. By going this route, you're able to take, and I'll just say a pocket of money, a quarter of a million dollars, half a million, 100,000, whatever, and reliably within 10 to 18 months, receive that money all back. Understand what I'm communicating to you. If you go and buy a house and even put 20% down, in some of the best cases, you're still going to be 10, if not 12 years before 100% of your cash comes back to you, right? I'm saying it's very similar uh, skill set required, way less risk, have your uh, original investment capital back faster and the property, so now you can go buy another one instead of relying on a refinance because you're doing the bird strategy or re, you know rehabbing and whatnot. From operations alone, you can expand your business to any size that you'd like.
1: I like what you're talking about in terms of the return of capital and the mm-hmm. speed that you get it back. And mm-hmm. you actually mentioned a really interesting point about the ability to get equity out of a house. We actually just did an episode last week on the show about velocity banking and contrasted oh, cool. that with infinite banking and really looked okay. kind of more in depth at what is a HELOC. And a lot of times people think, well, just because I have a HELOC, I will be able to access the equity in the mortgage. And then <laughs> you can talk about second position or first position lien, but still at the same time, we have looked back in in 2008, HELOCs were frozen so that people who had, say, 100000 or $250,000 of available space in their HELOC, now the balance is coming down to, I don't know, 36000 was in one case, Bruce, that you shared. From personal experience, we saw that, but then we also, there's article after article showing that the HELOCs... Um, limits were reduced or the line yeah. of credit was just frozen so you couldn't access the capital. And what was interesting as well is that if you look at the property reducing in value, the bank has the right to be able to usually rescind the terms of that HELOC or if you have a um, a change of job and your mm-hmm. your actual income is lower and they don't believe that you're going to be able to repay that. So you are very accurate in saying just because you have equity doesn't mean you're going to be able to access it.
2: Yeah. And that's the part that I don't like. That's a, that is a, a risk that is now out of your control. And if your entire plan depends on having someone else's permission to refinance, to draw down a line, et cetera, you are now waiting to, on them in order to do something about it. There's very little you can do. Yeah, you could raise private capital and that's fine. That's, that is an option, but it's usually not the one most people choose. Or, and sometimes people find that to be exceedingly difficult not even though it's not impossible and i prefer if i can just operate the business if i can just operate it why not why would i choose to subject myself to that as a as an option when i know if i just operate it i'll get my cash back and now i'm in this situation and this is what i try to tell people what you want to build is your golden goose Your golden goose that lays down payment eggs. I got it. You want to own real estate. So do I. I like real estate. It's not going anywhere. The benefits are wonderful. All I'm asking you to do is to delay your gratification just a little bit longer because you've already put together the 50, the 100, the quarter of a million dollars. Great. Now deploy that as a short term rental operator. Wait another 10 to 18 months, have your capital back. And who knows, maybe five, 10, 15 short-term rentals too. And now we're talking something because now you've built a business that has the capacity to keep producing what took you years to save, but now it can produce it every 10 to 18 months. Now you're talking about going out there and buying with a completely different understanding, not only of the marketplace, but do you realize that your negotiating skills become completely different when you know this isn't your last quarter of a million dollars and that you will have another one shun, uh, soon enough? That's what I'm talking about.
0: Uh, Jay, you're, you're uh, taking people um, and you're telling them you need to delay gratification. I mm-hmm. love how you're talking about, because we talk about that all the time. Uh, people think real estate investing is like this get rich um, kind of situation mainly because of late night television programs, you know, (laughs) know, I always find those very hilarious. It's like, well, this is so great. Why are you actually uh, selling the program? Why don't you take the time and just keep continue to buy more real estate um, situations? But uh, all that is great. Okay. So a person now has the discipline to keep having these down payment. I love that analogy, uh, eggs that are laid over and over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, but why but but why short-term rentals? And what is your experience? And like I said before, when we first started, you know, I have a couple of these and uh I have some questions for you and you know, I want to get your opinion, but why short-term rentals in these mm-hmm. in these cases?
2: Well, it he, here's what it comes down to. Real estate can feel very exclusionary, you know, uh, because I it's uh when oftentimes when I ask people, have you ever considered getting involved in real estate investing? Instead of actually answering the question, they tell me all the things that they don't have. I don't have money. I don't have credit. I don't know what I'm doing. I, you know, list of things that are missing. And what I like about short-term rentals is it's accessible for nearly every human on the planet. Because if you have ever executed a lease agreement, you have all the knowledge you need <laughs> to begin to get started. And it doesn't take anywhere near the length of time to learn how to do all the things necessary to get control over one property. Because again, many of us have gone out there and in a weekend, quote unquote, found a place to stay. Like when you were looking, when you moved to a new area, you just went out on a weekend and found a place to stay. You didn't consider it a big deal that, oh wow, this week, I mean, in fact, during the week, you're just like, this weekend, I'm going to find a place to stay. Because you know that, that it could happen in a weekend. The same is true here and being able to help Satisfy the human desire to have these small wins along the way means you stick in it longer and learn all of the lessons that are necessary so that you can become more successful on the back end. If that was the only reason, it would be worth it. But what's even better, and, and again, the economics of the situation are really what it comes down to. It is no more complicated than what those who operate a vending machine have been doing for a very, very long time. They go to their favorite wholesaler. They purchase a case of water. That case of water, what is it? $4, maybe five. They got 24 bottles. They take those same 24 bottles. They do nothing to them other than change their location and their temperature. <laughs> okay, that's what they do. They change the location and temperature. And then now that same bottle of water where they bought 24 for $5, they are selling it and reselling it to you and I for $1.50. And that's it. It is the exact same process once you understand that a landlord's inventory is time. Most landlords, what they're looking to do, what they've done, what is accepted practice and is fine, is you sell 365 days on one contract with a 30-day payment plan. All I'm saying is, if you want to sell 365 days, develop the systems that you need to sell each day individually on separate contracts. And by doing that, you end up in a situation to where you get to charge a premium that allows you to profit way more than what most landlords are used to. In fact, when we've had a number of traditional landlords come into the program, they're like, why did I not do this sooner? Because this is so much better. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of my point.
0: So uh just give you a, a quick example and I was gr- I'm glad you went in this direction because one of my properties is a is a town home okay and um uh because of exterior exterior maintenance and an increased HOA fee um, <laughs> yep it's great on a on a daily rate or a 3 day rate or even mm-hmm. a a weekly rate mm-hmm and actually, I can make the numbers work when I would discount it for a thirty-day rate. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, and, and this is a two-part question. Um, then there was a HOA situation that came about where they decided they were they were going to stop allowing short-term rentals, and I want you to comment on that. Mm-hmm. And so now, suddenly, what I could get on the open market for a twelve-month lease, which was required, um, only allowed me to break even on my expenses
1: mm-hmm.
0: so I only had to rent it uh, like maybe 10 to 14 days a month depending on the time of the year where mm-hmm. I could mm-hmm. break even mm-hmm. and now even rented it for th- uh, a year lease for 30 you know which is basically like those, you said those 12 30 day um, I couldn't break even because of the I- I increased expenses
1: mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm.
0: so I'd like you to comment on that and then also like you to comment on Uh, how you're seeing um, communities and HOAs changing rules to not allow short-term rentals and how big a problem has that been um, for people you've been working with.
2: Got it. Um, And again, it's in the devils in the details as, as has always been said. One, I commend you for going out there, making something happen. And two, doing the best you could. Uh, to to figure it out, like, how how do I make, how do I still make this work? Because as an entrepreneur, that is one of the, like, that's just one of the things you must accept, is that we are going to be the ones to make decisions with imperfect information, and we we have to proceed confidently, even though we know that times and, and things are uncertain and will change. That is just part of it. Now, with that being said, this should bring you a little bit more profit, my friend. Uh, It's in the understanding of the definition of short term rental for most uh, jurisdictions. And when I say most, I'm talking globally now because we we service uh, customers in 16 different uh, countries uh, at this particular moment in time. And the definition of short term rental for most places is tied to a number of, hear me clearly, consecutive days and at one location or less, meaning it's either 28, 29, and most popularly 30 days or less at a particular location. So that's number one to, to understand. Now, you also said something which I thought was interesting. You said, I can still make a profit at my 30 day uh, mark. Well, in many jurisdictions, that's what some of our students and myself, that, that's, that is what we had to do. Now, let's be very clear. The extended stay, that's what we call them, um, has always been there. But we just had an option before. We could either go short or long. And some jurisdictions are now just saying that, well, you now can only do the extended stay model, which is completely fine. I'll just give you a very clear recession-proof example. Whether you think about it or not, but one of the things that happens right now regardless of, you know, whatever's going on in the economy, is that today, somebody, somewhere, their house flooded. Today. Mm -hmm. And you know what they need? They need a short term rental. And now because of the uh, current economic situation, what's unique about it is that many of the hotels are closed. Those that are open are places that they don't want to go because there are a lot of people there. So practicing your social distancing becomes a bit of a challenge, which now means how can we have a similar experience to our house while the workmen come and fix the flood? This is one of many, and there are a lot of these uh, types of situations that are going on right now that make short term rentals not only a, an option, but a necessity in certain geographic Areas And when you begin to make the correct relationships with an insurance company or more accurately, the ones who process the claim and help people find a new place to stay, your, uh, let's just say that your profit numbers are a little bit different and you, you don't have the same uh, challenge in, in terms of making the numbers work. In fact, most of our insurance days, they stay a minimum of 60 days more than they do anything else. And, and all of them extend. There are many types of customers out there for the extended stay model. They've always been there. It's just not something that, honestly, that you, you, we had to choose. We took the lowest hanging fruit, the easiest thing to reach, and technology companies like an Airbnb or HomeAway or Booking.com and TripAdvisor, FlipKey, WimDo, blah, 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 you get the idea, made it really, really easy for us to find the, the person who was looking for leisure travel and business travel and many different types of travel through efficient means. What has happened is that the marketplace has become more inefficient. And what we've had to do and what we've been helping individuals do is to redefine not only who they're serving, but how to find the individuals that they're looking to serve or that are still in the marketplace right now looking for a place to stay.
1: Jay, you just covered a lot with that. And part of it was figuring out how to solve a need. You're also Mm -hmm. talking about different um, chains. I don't know what you would call that, but different um, chains of distribution almost. You're you're talking about one through just leisure and travel. You're Mm -hmm. talking about a second one through insurance. So you're you're thinking differently about the method of delivery for the same product which yes. is different relationships. And I just love that you brought that out because again, entrepreneurship requires us to look at one problem from multiple different angles and figure out which is the best way to solve this yes. with a different level of thinking.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that, and that's, but that is the tenet of why I have consistently tried to tell people You don't have like the popular phrase is I do Airbnb or I have an Airbnb business. I'm like, no, you don't. You don't understand how limiting that is when you even just say it because Mm. you shut off your brain from even considering anything else and you have a single point of failure. There is no way on earth that a retail company would have a single point of distribution. They would have multiple warehouses to pull from. There's a reason for that there. You would never get on an airplane if it had a wing because you'd be like, I mean, you, you don't have to be a pilot to know <laughs> something ain't right about that. And yet <laughs> well said. we want to go out there and just say, I have it. I mean, and that, that is detrimental. And I think many people have found that out right now. and, and, but unfortunately, it's not what happened that's bad. It's how people have responded or how we may respond to what happens that ends up determining our fate.
0: Hey, one of the uh, two, two places I found are uh, builders like in a, uh, one of my kids mm-hmm. com- is I have a, um, a home and there, it's developing around that area. And you go to the builders and say, if, hey, if you don't get it done and, and uh, the person has mm-hmm. already sold their house, you know, mm-hmm. here's here's a rental property that you can tell the people, hey, you can go and rent only a couple miles away while we're finishing up your house. Same thing with real estate agents um, that are selling somebody a home and they can't <laughs> and, they, and they're trying mm-hmm. to time selling their home and getting yep. into a home. Yep. And so those are two outlets that I've also uh, been able to do. And, and then you don't have the uh, the additional fee that's taken from uh those traditional short-term yes. rental places. So yeah. not only do you, you normally can charge more for those things because people are in a in a, a time of need, right? But you also your profit margins are greater because you don't have the additional fee. So I found those are two other outlets that are, were very good for my short-term rental. Well,
2: and and that's exactly my point, my friend. Is the the fact that of the matter is there's a need for temporary housing. It has always existed. This is not new. In fact, uh, the concept of uh, someone else living on your property in, in short term rentals, if you will, has been around in the United States since the Civil War period. It used to be a requirement that you had a second uh, dwelling on the land because the bank wanted to make sure you could make the payment. I mean, it's like, come on. So it, it's not that it's new. What changed is technology, and it lowered the barrier to entry, and that made it a little bit challenging for people who did not have the skill set necessary of how to screen and how to evict and how to do the things that are necessary when it comes to managing a, a property. And now, that that when that, when the barrier to entry dropped basically through the floor... Uh, we, we found ourselves in a situation to where anybody could do it. And well, you know, we got what anybody could do it results. <laughs> so now it's been about, you know, professionalizing the industry. It's been about teaching the, the correct systems and SOPs. And that's what we've been able to put together. That's why uh, I am so passionate about this is because it's like, look, this is your opportunity to build the kind of cash flow that not only puts you in a retirement state, so to speak, but also gives you the income you need over and above your expenses to be able to simply buy more assets. And I don't even care what kind of assets you buy, but what it comes down to is having enough income come in so that you can keep buying them Because part of the challenge when you're doing your real estate negotiations, part of the anxiety around it is this is your last 50 grand. This is your last hundred. This is your, and you're all nervous about it because you're like, I don't know how long it's going to be before I get that back. And there's a lot of emotion that gets uh, mixed up into that. When you know that another hundred grand is coming in another 90 days, 180 days or what have you, then it's like, okay, I mean, you're still going to treat it with appropriate respect, but You also know it's okay, because as a human being, rightly or wrongly, we have learned, we have unlearned one of our greatest skills, and that's simply how to fail. And we've replaced it with an addiction to looking good. And the challenge is you cannot learn and look good at the same time. And there's lots of learning that needs to be had right now.
1: Jay, I love that you've said that, and that's something that's definitely been formative for me in my life journey that you can't learn and look good at the same time. So I really appreciate that I learned that from you. So um, I feel like there are so many questions because of all of the awesome things that you're sharing. I think one of the main ones that I would want to address here on the show would be okay, so Jay, you're saying that I can use my cash to invest in short-term rentals in a way that I get my money back in 10 to 18 months that's amazing for my stability and my certainty for the future knowing that I have this stream of income so that mm-hmm. I can purchase more assets but jay don't you have like 34 units 46 bedrooms how are you managing this all what does your day today look like do you are you hiring uh, somebody else to manage the properties. How and how much time commitment are you spending on this? And could I possibly, I mean, isn't one property just going to take all of my time if I'm doing it on a day-to-day basis? So I guess that's the question that I want you to address.
2: Yeah, no problem. And and that is exactly so. When I was first getting involved with the whole short-term rental world, I had this very same questions. I started interviewing operators that I could find to to ask them like. You know, how's it going? Do you like it? Blah, blah, blah. They're like, yeah, I love it. And I'm like, how many do you have? Oh, I've got two. And I'm like, well, if you like it, why do you only have two? Well, I it, and I kept getting responses like I, I couldn't figure out how to control more property. Uh I need more capital. Or I, I'm spending I'm spending so much time with the two I've got, the idea of another one just seems overwhelming. And because I, coming from a, a background of managing and building, doing rehabs in a remote sense, meaning I live in California, most everything else was out of state, being able to operate uh, business that way gave me the understanding that there's a way to do this with the proper systems and SOPs, standard operating procedures in place, that could easily put us in a position to scale way beyond you know the idea of two and that's what we've done you know we we went and developed a number of systems that allows the everyday person to go out there leveraging technology and be able to perform very uh, keep them safe keep them affordable do all the things that you you need to do be very very efficient down to the point to where you could sell one day at a time, 365 times and make it work because your systems would be that efficient. And that, that's, the, that's the secret. So I, I try not to say this too often, but what it comes down to is I tell people, look, if you can get used to whatever you earn in a year, doing that in a month, and then working one hour a day, Ultimately, that's what we're talking about, and that's just how it works because of the way it, it all comes together and the systems uh, being put together and then learning just how to run and manage and continually expand those systems.
1: So, and I'm assuming at the end, you're going to share with us a little bit more about the course and the materials that you provide to help somebody be able to develop and implement those systems, Right.
2: Sure. We've pivoted, though, because what we've learned instead of just offering, say, videos and, and books and people that can do on self-study is that we've now uh, learned that to help uh, individuals make the transition, because there's a mindset and understanding piece. There's just a transformation uh, process. It's not just about tactics. I can give you tactics in 10 minutes. You know, but helping you learn to implement those things and do them consistently and stay there with you along the process. So we've more or less created uh, the industry's only 12 month year long program where you get assigned accountability coaches and I'm training you multiple times a week, making sure that in any and especially right now, because of all of the changes coming down. How do you, what do I do and do I make a change here? Or the landlord saying this here and all of these things. How, how do you continue to grow business and make things happen right now? And what, what's happening is that many of our participants are starting to, well, let's just say that they're expanding really fast because there's a, there's a need and a serious lack of supply now.
1: Hmm. Well, I love that you shared that. And also that you recognize a need for more of a relationship with the person who is wanting to execute this because, again, almost anything I'm finding out in life, you can't just pick up a book, read the book, and have (laughs) everything you need to know and go out and do it perfectly. It really does happen in relationship with people who have paved the way and gone before you, made the mistakes, figured out a lot of things, and they can show you what's working. So I appreciate
2: it. Hey, here's what I know, Rachel. Grandma's cookies... Tastes like grandma's cookies for a reason. She could give you the (laughs) recipe, but somehow there's something (laughs) about the way she did it that you just you are missing. And until you watch her and sit right next to her and have her like, nope, that's too much. Oh, okay, got it. (laughs) That's what I'm doing. Until you do that, it's just uh, what's missing sometimes, and 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 it's a skill set game. The apprenticeship model is. The model the country was built upon. It's how we've gotten, quote unquote, this far. It's something that is missing uh, and is definitely needed in order for all of us to continue uh, to make the progress, especially economically, uh, that's required.
1: Jay, I actually have another maybe almost feeling off-topic question for you. <laughs> okay, I, this should be fun. I remember yes in your podcast and very related to what you're talking about right now you said at the beginning you said you wanted something that you could not only do local and provide jobs but involve your kids and i know from hearing your show and your podcast and talking with you previously that passing on your legacy and your value system to your kids is tremendously important to you mm-hmm. as it is to me to make sure we have an 8-year-old daughter and a almost 1-year-old in in a few days so this idea of involving your children and apprenticing them and giving them the skill set that they need to be able to build a business and not have to have $100,000 of capital to get started, but to be able to work with them inside of the business that you're already doing. How is working with your kids, how are you making that possible through short-term rentals and being able to teach them all of these life lessons that are so much about mindset, not just about tactics?
2: So, I mean, if your kids are anything like mine, they have unlimited wants and expectations. (laughs) So (laughs) one of the easiest ways to deal with that is um, every time. And again, this applies to all of my children. And I I, like tell them from the time that they're eight and just continuing on. Uh, When they ask for something and they're like, hey, can I have it? I'm like, well, yeah, uh, you can. All you have to do is develop a product or service and learn to sell it. And when they're eight and seven and eight and whatnot, they, they may not like, okay, whatever. I don't know what that means. At some point they go, what's a product? What's a service? And then they'll start asking, how can I sell it? What does that mean? Who do I sell it to? They start asking a lot of the right questions that lead to being able to, to give them guidance. So my, my children have all done this and one of the things that's important to me being a father of daughters is to make sure that none of my daughters feel like that they need uh, a a man to be able to provide for them so when you leave the house <laughs> you will be able to sell something <laughs> i don't know what i don't even care what it is whatever you like you're going to know how to sell that thing right and make it happen so be and through that process what we'll do is we'll tie the things that they want to certain company goals. For example, um, uh, one of the things that your children may want is a dog, right? I mean, that's a popular item. So, yes,
1: very much. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so it's easy to say, hey, okay, no problem. We can have a dog. Here's what we need to do. Uh, we need to have 50 bedrooms in play. Once we have 50 bedrooms, then we can get a dog, which then becomes, okay, well, how do we, how many do we have right now? And how can, well, what can I do to get us another bedroom? Well, you know what? You could go pass out these flyers. You could go talk to your, 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 the parents of your friends and just ask them this. Yeah, does that make sense? So mm-hmm. we start to tie what they want to a corporate goal, and then start teaching them to prospect because they're thinking about the goal that they want. So therefore they'll go and do whatever they've got to go and do to get to that goal. This eventually uh, will lead to the the ones that like real estate. Cool. They'll continue with that, but they'll develop something else that they like doing. Like my um, uh, 12-year-old during this entire pandemic, she's probably made so far close to Four grand uh, since she's been at home. <laughs> and why does a 12 year old? Anyway, but the, awesome. the, because she's wanted to start a, a, a business selling lip gloss. I have no idea where that came from, but whatever. Okay, I can teach lessons here. So let's go for it. And she needed seed capital. So in order to get the seed capital, so mind you, she didn't have any money. She had to figure out, she wants the lip gloss business, but she started by selling. Other stuff that's lying around the house and asking, hey, is it okay if I sell this? Because you don't seem to be using it. And then she just totally has been cleaning out the garage since then. So you want to clean out your garage, get your 12-year-old to put all that stuff online that, that would take way too much time for you to do anyway
1: Nice, and let them sell
2: it. And then see what they do with the money. And in her case, she then went on and researched Google, Amazon, YouTube, what have you, all of the ingredients to make her own lip gloss. And Love now she it. has enough. And then we got to teach some math and algebra about, okay, cool. So what should you price it for? And all this other stuff. These are all things that are just tied to what she wants to do. And she gets to see and feel that entrepreneurial spirit from the beginning. And, and again, we're not forcing her. We're not saying your homework is due. You got to have your pricing done by here, this, that, and the other. We just keep reminding her every time she wants something. How, so how many tubes of lip gloss have you sold? which reminds her oh, that's right. I still haven't made my marketing video. I still haven't made my channel trailer. I still haven't So she had, she yeah. learns all of those things because it's tied to her making uh, a productive result, not just by existing inside a corporation.
1: Jay, I love it. I love it. I feel like just, it's amazing to be able to share a value system with somebody. And I feel like, I know your value system by listening to your podcast over these years. I mean, I probably have listened to you for about eight years or so. And that gives a window into someone's world. And it's just amazing to realize that these things, these values that we want to pass on to our kids, I think that's a very common and widespread thing that we all want. But I think so many people struggle in terms of how do we actually implement making that happen. So Anyway, i don't want to um take away the whole conversation, Bruce. I know we're really close to the end here. What else is on your mind that you might want to ask or uh, i I need to slow my yeah. my talking so Bruce, you can get a word in edgewise here
0: no it's, this is this is all great uh, um, basic economics is lacking uh, for the understanding not only with young people but for uh adults and and unfortunately for most of our elected officials and uh <laughs> And, uh, I was just, when, when Jay was talking, I was thinking about the, uh, a couple of things about how great it's just like basic economics. And, uh, there's a c- comedian, uh, Seb- Sebastian Maniscalco, I don't know if you've mm-hmm. ever seen him before, but he actually does a routine where he says he's one day when he was, uh, 10 years old, he's watching television. His dad comes in and says, why don't you, uh, why don't you have a job yet? <laughs> and, The whole point was, is that he was trying to teach him and he goes through the whole routine about, Hey, you've got to be self-sustaining on your own. Stop worrying about me. And he's talking about all siblings. You know, he said, when it used to be, when you had these big families, you know, the parents couldn't take care of each one of them. Now, when when we have like one or two children, everybody hovers around them and it's actually doing (laughs) the service for the family and the development of the family. Yeah, and uh, Jay, you don't know this about me, but I'm, I taught. I'm an educator. I taught for 17 years, so I had to deal with all this stuff all the time. Um, I can imagine. And so, taking this basic basic economics mm-hmm. and teaching it at a very very young age mm-hmm. will actually do more for our, our society than any kind of government handout that we're giving to people and trying to lift them up. Because amen. Uh, <laughs> They are taught then to lift themselves up. And the other thing is about you're talking about is your attitude is your mm-hmm. attitude to overcome anything that's thrown at you and mm-hmm. stop waiting for somebody else to help you do it. You do mm-hmm. it on your own. So thank you for your comments today. It's been uh, it's been a, it's been an awesome conversation and we've gotten some nice comments on uh, the Facebook feed about how oh, people are cool. really appreciating uh, all your discussion today and we really look forward to this uh, podcast going uh, live to our listeners.
2: You know, there's one thing I got to add to that because it was I found it hilarious. Um, my same 12 year old, mind you, we, we were <laughs> I was watching some of the updates of what was going on regarding the uh, stimulus stuff that they started talking about, uh, which then spawned the question, Dad what's stimulus? I'm like, okay, here we go. Uh, and then when she, when she finally made the connection, uh, she goes, well, I want stimulus too. <laughs> like, okay, totally understood. Uh, but I'm curious, what would you do with it? Now, mind you, what she wanted, she didn't want the stimulus for any other reason other than to buy assets. Her words, it so was cool. uh, Bitcoin and stocks. And I'm just like, okay. I mean, I'm not going to be mad at her. I just think <laughs> the thought that it wasn't like, I want to go buy some candy. I don't want to do that. It was, I'm just like, who are you? You're 12. <laughs> this is so strange.
1: But That's okay. so
2: cool. I'm into it.
0: What, what's 100%. Your,
2: what, yeah, It's thoughts like that that make me wonder like, oh my gosh, what is,
0: what are you? Well, Jay, doing? I hate to tell you yeah, when you say, great. who are you? She's you. <laughs> and, 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 and here, and here, I found out from my years in education, we can talk and talk and talk, but modeling is the most yes. efficient way of teaching. Right. And I've taught this from a very young uh, to or to to children about their ver- or excuse me to parents about their very young children. We right. are we are um, biologically um, driven by an innate ability to read our parents. Facial fi- uh, facial features, the way that they hold their body, the, the tone in their voice. Mm-hmm. And so w- the same thing happens as we go through life with people that are very, very close to it. It's about modeling. It's not what comes mm-hmm. out of our mouth. Mm-hmm. It's about the modeling. So the answer to your question, who are you, girl, is...
2: <laughs> it. Yeah, it, it, it becomes more clear the more I see it. And that, that was actually what you just mentioned was one of the like really driving forces behind looking for a business that I could do that was more accessible and local, et cetera, is because uh, as a parent, oftentimes we will tell our children, hey, you can go be anything you want to be. And I never wanted to be in a position in which they could point the finger and go, well, dad, you didn't. You mm-hmm. you, you weren't. You didn't try. Why should I? And and no matter what happens at this point in, in our career and life, they can there's a, more than enough evidence <laughs> that we we did we tried we we continue we pivoted we did all of the things regardless of the final result and that's what's exciting is knowing that they can see that knowing that the evidence is there and and it it's just sometimes it's it's rewarding and it's interesting because i've i've caught our my uh, our older daughter occasionally watching some of our live streams. And I'm just like, what is going on right now? But And she's like, no, dad, that's helping me. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to argue. And (laughs) I'm just going to keep doing it. So it's things like that that I don't know if... This is why I'm such a fan of the apprenticeship model. Because it's like the thing that is missing, that disconnection from your expertise and that value and learning how to uh, offer that value to the marketplace, that thing is, gets interrupted by what we call a university. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a challenge, you know. It, it, and it's like when, when a person is at the best position to not need to earn a lot of money, we take four, six, eight years of their life and send them down this path. And then when they get done, they still have to go figure out how to offer all that skill that they supposedly gain for some sort of economic value. And it, and it feels like such a delay at times um, unless you're doing, you know, obviously, please, doctors go to school, uh, lawyers mm-hmm. go to school. <laughs> we need you guys to do that because that's where it makes sense. But for most people, many people, myself, I should have never knowing what I know now should have never been in the college. But it is what it is. And being able to give our children an option is what I wanted to make sure that they could see. It wasn't a, well, that's for them. It's a possibility. Yeah, maybe, would be nice if, but literally, tactical, how to, practical, do it this way. And th- to be honest, Rachel, I, I started all of this because all I wanted to do was to share that information with the kids. Mm-hmm. And the adults have come along just to prove to me that I did it correctly so that yeah, I figured if the adults could do it, then I got it right. <laughs> My kids could do it too. Jay, I and remember that you saying it.
1: that. I remember you saying the podcast was specifically to mm-hmm. give this knowledge and wisdom to your kids mm-hmm. so that they could be able to stand on your shoulders. Essentially, I don't know if you use those words, but that just resonated so deeply with everything that I am. And it's just interesting that I think as we want the best for our kids and for the generation that comes after us in every way whatever we're doing we realize that we have to go first we have to be the one that says i'm going to make the most of myself i am going to learn these lessons i'm going to not be afraid to fail i'm going to choose to learn from this experience and so i think you are calling humanity to a better place
2: yeah and and, and here's the thing whether we like it or not 10 20 30, 40, 50 years from now, someone in your family is going to be able to say things like, we are here because Rachel did this. You remember great grandma Rachel? You remember her? Because she did this, that set off this chain reaction and allowed us to be here now. And that'll be your picture over the mantle with one of those weird, strange oil painting poses. <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah. It'll be because of the decisions you've made today. And that's the thing that's true for each and every human right now.
1: Absolutely. You may
2: not think about it, but the destiny, literally, of your family tree is being decided by how you respond to the economic situation that you find yourself in right now. Whether right now is, well, honestly, right now, 2020, or right now when you're listening to this is 2025, 2030, it doesn't really matter how you are responding to the things that are happening. They're not the excuse, they're the reason. It's literally beating on you to remove all of the things that have been preventing you from pushing forward, making the next step happen. Understand, this is what's, what I'm so excited about is that it's happening to everybody. See, typically when something like this happens, it only happens to a socioeconomic class of people or certain race of people, a certain geographic region of people. No, 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 no. It's happening to everybody Absolutely. all the time right now, which is creating, uh, I hope, a very huge and overwhelming sense of opportunity of, hey, I can now choose. like Literally, ask yourself this question. What do I want to be when I grow up? Now you've got better information on how to answer that question versus when they asked you when you were eight.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. We should have titled this wisdom, deep wisdom with Jay Massey. This is awesome. So, I, um, as we wrap up here yes. from my one minute meditation this morning, I don't want to um, pose mm-hmm. as being a um, guru that meditates a, a very extended period of time. This is my reality. Sometimes it's I have time for one minute, but here's the quote that was the, at the end. It said, every time we ponder a thought, act on an impulse or dwell on a desire, we are setting in motion a cause that will have a future effect. Mindfulness enables us to choose wisely. That was Tamara Levitt. That had that quote, but just the idea that every decision you make right now is setting this trajectory and this course for all of eternity, not just your own life, but every generation that goes after you and making a huge impact on the world. So let it be a great impact.
2: Yeah. I mean, you just, for me, it's, it's just very, very real still. I mean, I started, we were squatting in bank owned property, credit score was 398. Some of y'all didn't know it went that low and yet we do real estate like that that was crazy back in in 08 in when the previous crazy was going on where there's chaos there's cash flow and it is because of decisions made then that you and I are talking today and it'll be because of decisions made today that you know Lord Willing I'll be talking to different people or maybe even you again in the future i mean that that's just how it is you know and yeah. if you you don't like what happened today understand i got it but think about what you were doing 6 months ago If six months ago is the time when you were supposed to be planting seeds, today being the harvest time, well, the real question becomes is, would you like life to be a little bit better six months from now? If the answer is yes, then consider what seeds you've planted today
1: so 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 good how do we even wrap this up let's see so jay if somebody likes you which i don't have any idea how in the world they could have listened to you so far and not love you um, (laughs) you. if you want to connect with jay massey or find out more about short-term rentals how do they get started with that
2: the easiest thing to do is go to cashflowdiary.com by far easiest thing to do just go to cashflowdiary.com however I also know that humans work better off of goals. When a goal is well-defined, it's something that you can begin to latch onto and pursue. One of the challenges with real estate is that oftentimes people don't set an appropriate goal or even know how to come to a number, like how many units do you need in order to retire? I don't know. Most people don't even know the answer. Well, what we did is we developed a calculator that gives you the answer so that you can know how many units you need in order to retire and you can access that by just going to cashflowdiary.com forward slash how many units and then after you put in your information it will tell you you need x number of units if you're going to use houses or apartment buildings or what have you in order to retire so that you can begin pursuing the goal and as we talked about at the beginning. It doesn't take long. I mean, you've executed a lease before, which means it's very doable even in the next few days.
1: That's so awesome. Thank you so much, Jay. I really, really, really just appreciate you spending the time to come on to the Money Advantage podcast today. And absolutely, next steps for you if you're listening, check in with Jay, go to Cashflow Diary, go to that calculator. I'm going to personally do that myself as (laughs) we are building our financial future and building time and money freedom. And I just love the reality of seeing how easy this can be as a first step into real estate. So thank you just so much for sharing not only the wisdom that you've learned through experience, but just the character of person that you are. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, in closing, please remember success leaves clues. So model the successful few, not the crowd and build a life in business you love.